Before we begin today's episode, here's a message from a listener. Hey you, what's up? I know I'm horrible at listening and posting and responding to other people, though I'm begging people to do the same thing for me, but I am listening to you now, listening to your music. Sounds cool. Like, I'm normally not, because I'm a vocalist, I am so not an instrumental listener, but um, it's easy listening. It's, It's good it's good transient music as I ride home. It's just kind of playing in the background, which I think is pretty dope. So good luck with the rest of your music production. Um, yeah. Thanks for supporting me and thanks for helping me out. Uh, when I had a million and one questions anyway, peace and love. Listen to my friend Phil Holly's show right here on Anchor.fm. Just look for Popping Off with Phil. You can leave a message just like he did for me when you download the Anchor app and go straight to my channel. All right, let's get started with the show. Hey, y'all. Random fact. One, nine, and seven are my favorite numbers and in that particular order. So I'm really feeling today's episode even more so because it features a longtime friend as today's special guest. Today is July 11th, 2018. Welcome to episode nine of Got News and Interviews. It's been said that there are only six degrees of separation between one person to another, and it certainly rang true when I met Jonathan Jackson several years ago. The skilled photographer and videographer shares in this spirited interview things that sparked his interest in film and more. Listeners, please enjoy this candid chat. All right, ladies and gents and thems, I have my special guest, on the podcast, can you please introduce yourself to the people? I am Black Bear. Oh, Just my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to explain that now. Dog on it. <laughs> well, well, aside from you saying you're Black Bear, who are you? <laughs> I am Jonathan V. Jackson, as the U.S. government calls me. <laughs> the U.S. government calls you? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so hold, before we even get into who Mr. Jackson is and everything, now I gotta go and address the Bears um, from time to time, almost every day on Facebook, I write things I learned today, which I think I mentioned in a past uh, episode with Day Pierce, the comedian Day Pierce, and um, I was mentioning that my students here in Korea decided to call me white bear today which was absolutely hilarious to me since i'm a black woman so uh yeah he knew he would catch me <laughs> off guard with that. i am brown bear yes a korean teenager called himself brown bear today and i am white bear and my white co-worker is yellow bear <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst i love it kids are weird i, I love oh. the creativity of kids that is hilarious Jonathan yes ma'am my friend oh yes. my god 15, for 13 years now. oh my god yeah we've been uh, he's been trapped with me in some form or capacity for <laughs> for a long time and i'm i'm sorry <laughs> I apologize. I apologize no need to apologize at all Dang. i've enjoyed my captivity I'm glad you're okay with it because I I didn't realize that much time has passed, but apparently it has. So that makes no. logical sense. So he is a very skilled and talented photographer and a recent graduate out of, I'm going to say, a film program because I don't really care yes. what the specialty name is for it. I don't really care. <laughs> 
I want to call it my friend make movies. So <laughs> <laughs> it's technically media arts production, which is making movies. Making movies. Yeah. And that is just awesome to me. So um, it's kind of weird to interview someone that you know very well because none of the information is new to me. But perhaps I might learn something new that I didn't know. So well, I can just make I can just make up a whole bunch of new information. No, no, you don't want to make up new information. <laughs> I want people to be enthused about you. Like, yeah, yeah, he's pretty damn awesome. So, what attracted you to photography? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, I took photography class back in high school, back when you know arts programs were still offered. In Ooh. high schools, jab, 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 <laughs> jab, 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 jab. But I mean, to me, it was like a mixture of two of my favorite things, which would be math and magic, because we actually did uh, shoot on film. We actually did go into dark rooms, and you take this blank piece of paper and put it through all these different solutions, and through the magic of photography, you end up with a photograph that you took. And we used to make uh, one of my first cameras was a pinhole camera, which I'm not even sure if kids make anymore. Where I don't you get know like if they old, do anymore. Yeah, you get like an old Quaker box, uh, <laughs> put the little black paper on the inside, set your little photographic paper and set your subject a certain number, a certain set of inches away from it. Wait like an hour <laughs> Good for God. all the sunlight to go through the pinhole. And magically you come out with a picture. And I, would, I just thought that was just amazing. Yeah. To me, I'm like, this is just magic. So I kept on, kept on doing it, and I was like, okay, if if you can do, if you can make magic and make money, I, I'm, I'm, I'm game. <laughs> Did the magic ever like decrease for you as technology advanced? I mean, you've got people who make quality photos from smartphones now, but there's still the the necessity and skills to be able to do it with proper equipment so did it ever kind of lose its its magic and splendor at any point for you i don't think it's, it's lost its magic and splendor for me but i see that a lot more people don't take the magic into consideration nowadays with the advent of technology where i don't think that people would understand half the people that shoot photos that i know don't know what the f-stop is or why it's even called photography why what is the what is the meaning behind it the process of manipulating light so a lot of people now just you have a memory card that's like 32 gigs and you can shoot mm -hmm. thousands of pictures so they just keep pressing the button until they find something that they can work with where before you had a roll of 12 to 24 frames and you better get it between that or else you gotta go back to the store <laughs> get you a whole nother roll of film spend a whole nother day send it into the get developed for a whole nother week before you see what the progress is so i think people take take uh good shots for granted they were but we're in the selfie world people take good shots for granted that's that's actually a pretty good uh saying yeah the, the best thing about formal courses in an art process is it gives you a structure to understand and then the fun part comes after you get the structure to understand of deconstructing that structure. Because mm. deconstructing that structure allows you to find your voice and your style of composition and photography or filmmaking or music or whatever it is. So if that started at your base, how did that end up growing into 
film? Uh, well, the progress of movies. Movies is just a symbol. Uh, is just a, an assemblance of still pictures, put together at 24 frames per second and strung together. So after you uh, do a bunch of of photos, just like the old flip books, yeah, where you where you see the ball bouncing or the kid jumping rope or anything like that. After a while, you're like, man, if I could take this image and like string it together to make imagery that people can uh, uh, associate with, uh, adapt to, and identify with, then that would just be amazing too. And I always thought, um, I told my friends back in high school that we had such amazing adventures that when I grew up, I was going to make a movie about my life and I don't want to hear no crap from them about, I didn't know that you were going to tell this to everybody I told you in high school. <laughs> he just go hold him to it. I remember yeah. when I told y'all that in like eighth grade, ninth grade. Yep. I told him, I said, I'm going to make a movie about my life. I mean, it's going to be in at least two parts. The first part is going to be called All Hell No. Nah. Oh, hell no. Nah. And the second part is going to be called All Hell No, nah, Not Again. All <laughs> well, Hell No, nah, Not Again? <laughs> All hell no, all hell no, not again. So your own interpretation of Friday, Friday after next, next Friday, all the day. Exactly. But when I was in high school, Friday hadn't even come out yet. So this was when when I when I saw the advertising for Super Bad, I was like, "Are you serious? Ah, Hollywood, I hate you. (laughs) I hate everything about you." (laughs) Yeah. So I can't I can't wait to make my future documentary future autobiographical documentary of whatever <laughs> of all your magicness <laughs> of all my, mess, my you're life you're bringing Seinfeld to the big screen Seinfeld yep. to the big screen and television and just media in general I used to always say all I need is 15 minutes to say what I want to say and I can get my message out there and that'll be all I all I want all I need and back in high school, you know, that was just a dream. 15 minutes means you got signed to somebody, uh, you got a television deal, you got a movie deal, you know, you got wild worldwide distribution in order to do that. And that seemed like an impossible task. But in 2018, that's a YouTube channel. Yes. <laughs> you can get your 15 minutes every day. You can send it out to the world every day. You can record your podcast, record your vlogs. You know, make your own channel and say what you got to say and let the world hear it. And that is just like super amazing to me. I do find it intriguing, especially given the circumstances that those of us on YouTube, there's far more of us originally who didn't have any training versus those who did. And the amount of things that we we learn by trial and error and whatnot. It's a very creative avenue and it kind of lost some of the capacity for creativity when bigger brands came in with their high production budgets and things of that sort and kind of knocked away the necessity of somebody with just a regular old camcorder or the camera on their phone to record. Everything has to look so sharp and whatnot. I get that a lot. A lot of my fan base is like, oh man, you should use, you know, your, your Nikon or whatever. I don't want to. I want to be able to show that anybody can do what I'm doing and still be able to clock as many subscribers, if not more. That's just the the nature of all uh, creative endeavors. All creative endeavors start out as just a a pure uh, at heart thing where it's creativity and you're just trying to make your way. And then 
big budgets come in, people start to see, oh, we can make money off of this. Mm-hmm. And then companies come in and all of a sudden you get a bunch of homogenized stuff that becomes hard to decipher from the original content that it used to be. Music, uh, music suffers from that. Hip hop was straight up a, a basement party thing to where you know you would go to boroughs and you would hear different styles of it. Nowadays, a lot of folks sound the same. Oh yeah, I mean, you and have, happen to have the same name for the most happen, part. Little, yeah, little, 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 little. yeah. You even have shows where they are literally trying to find the next baked in superstar, American Idol. Uh, the voice to a lesser extent. Uh, <laughs> to a lesser extent, I think the voice actually has greater capacities. I like the voice as a as a concept better than I do American Idol. Mm. And I, I think that's because, at least in the voice, the first thing that the people are looking for isn't your look. Isn't yeah, your story. they are actually looking at your voice, listening yeah. for your voice. Yeah, so I, I appreciate that better. And plus, American Idol has only ever produced one winner, in my opinion. I repeat, in my opinion, has only ever produced. <laughs> in my opinion, I repeat. <laughs> has only ever produced one winner that actually deserved to be that season's winner. Seriously? One. I'm intrigued. Who? Cool. And you're going to be like, Really? You thought that one? Because I'll, I'll tell you who it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> who is the who is the the quintessential American Idol to you, man? Um. Oh crap! What is her name? She's the uh, country singer. Oh, uh, Underwood. Yes. Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. Okay. Carrie Underwood is the only one that I think should have won her season and actually did. Wow. Um. Kelly, Fantasia, all of them. Now, I'm I'm not saying that none of them are great singers. They are. I love Kelly. <laughs> it's hard not to I love, love Kelly. <laughs> I love Kelly for her personality and her songs. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But she wasn't the best of that season, in my opinion. Wow. Wow. And all Fantasia. All, nope. None of them. I mean, let's think about it. Jennifer Hudson was on one of those seasons. Yes, she was. She was on Fantasia's season. Yes, she was. <laughs> no, I mean, if you really just... feel like just getting yelled at, you just put the two of them together. I think it's a, a nice concept. <laughs> <laughs> the just best get hollered at real hear. quick. Yes. <laughs> just, just screaming. Just bringing all the damn rafters down. <laughs> so, those people that you mentioned, even just a, a couple pegs back, um, mm-hmm. the, the creative flair of, of, a, of a creator. So, I mean, obviously you can't go into photography and emulate to an exact T someone else, but like, what's one of your flares or what's something that makes your approach to it more unique than others? Well, when I first started doing photography professionally, uh, a friend of mine was doing it, uh, a friend of mine named Anthony. He was doing uh, he was doing a lot of uh, boudoir photography, and my girlfriend at the time wanted to be a model. My girlfriend at the time was also four foot eleven. <laughs> <sighs> uh, leave us alone. 
I mean, I'm taller than that, but dang. <laughs> but you couldn't tell her nothing. You couldn't tell her that she wasn't five foot eleven. She wasn't the size two. You couldn't. You, you couldn't tell her. So she Detroit woman confidence. I don't yep. care what nobody say. <laughs> so I decided to use you know the photography that I had grown up using to try and help her develop uh, a modeling career. <laughs> and you know what? It wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't totally unsuccessful. Oh, well, that's good. Because I did get her on the side of two buildings on the east side of Detroit. Wow. So it worked. But, uh, but yeah, the, the fun part is trying to develop your style. I tried as much as I could to go from the days of doing pinhole cameras and just setting up set poses to trying to learn and understand what my style would ultimately become. And your style goes through uh, some changes. I think early on, I did a lot with colored floodlights. So, like, there will be, like, a straight-up main color, like a red light uh, red light special that would permeate all the skin tones. So you would just see the red lights and the shadows of the people. Um, Schmixy. I did a lot of, yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of uh, bodyscapes where you would uh, project imagery of, like, city landscapes on the sides of people to try and mesh uh, structure with the human form you went through a whole a whole lot of things but what i what i found was that even through your experimentation your eyes are different i can me and you could sit in the same class learn the same photography from the same teacher and then when we go out and shoot we see things differently and the key is and the key is to translate what you see differently into that photograph. And a lot of people don't know what I look like or even my name, but they'll recognize a photo and be like, Oh yeah, that's a that's a fire image. Mm-hmm. And and they'll they'll know the imagery before they know the person who took it, which I'm all for. Yeah. Lo and behold, they come across me. So coming across <laughs> me, we met at a mall in Michigan. Um, he grew up in Southfield. I grew up in Detroit, which really is just a couple of lights away, but it is a different yep. world. Um, uh, we met in 2005 when I was far more peculiar and strange than I currently am. <laughs> don't, don't believe it. She's still peculiar and strange. I'm peculiar and strange, but it was next level then. So um, <laughs> I don't quite know why the hell he tolerates me, but there you have it. Um, <laughs> but he has done shoots for me in the past. He's quite often at events that I was at because I was into performing arts very heavily. Dance was my life, my passion. So yes. um, definitely would cross paths quite a bit and knew similar people, same circles. So no matter what, Detroit is not as big as people want to make it out the same. And it's only a few places you can really go to have uh, enjoyable experiences. For those of you who <laughs> tune in to my YouTube channel and you know the story time about when I curved Lloyd for some chocolate cake, this is... <laughs> <laughs> This is the man who invited me to that event because he had a shoot he needed to do. Yep. And sure I'm did. like, Lloyd, sure. As soon as I'm done with this chocolate cake that I want to marry. So <laughs> yes, this is this is him. Accountability people. I told you my story times <laughs> definitely do sound like some of the shit is made up, but it's not. My life is oh, really no. that, that weird. 
Um, yeah, but he he tolerates it. So, so grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> so grateful for that. Um, so you transition, well, not transitioning because you you definitely will never stop doing photography, but you've no. segued from photography into film. And I know that you recently did a project. Uh, that kind of tied into another one of your passions, which is wrestling. So can you speak a yes. little bit about that? <laughs> okay, yeah. So I transitioned into filmmaking. And a lot of my filmmaking has been behind the camera, whether it's uh, shooting the film, editing the film, doing sound production, or whatever. But ever since I was a kid, and I blame my grandfather for this, I've been <laughs> a pro wrestling fan. And my granddad used to sit there on the bed and yell and scream at the TV all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been a pro wrestling fan since I can remember. So I, I was always thinking, okay, when I grow up, I'm going to be like six foot and 200 pounds, and I'm going to be a wrestler, and it'll be fun. And then I grew up, and I realized that those are 400-pound dudes jumping on people, and that would hurt. <laughs> so I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yet and still, I love pro wrestling. So this year, I got to step from behind the camera and be involved in a student-led production from my alma mater, Wayne State University. Yay. And they produced a wrestling film uh, called Keeping Character. And so within that wrestling film, I auditioned and got the role of a referee. So from all these years of growing up, all these matches watching WrestleManias, Undertaker Streaks and Hogan and everything, I finally got to step into a wrestling ring and participate in the match. And I say participate in the match because not only is a referee's job hard, but during a crucial point in that match, I got clobbered by one of the wrestlers. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. <laughs> and you didn't tell me that. So when it happened, I was like, oh! <laughs> so if you want to see that happen, go on YouTube. It's right there. Type in Keeping Character, and you can watch me in my pro wrestling match debut. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy with that because then that means you'll stop asking me to become one. Oh no, you'll still be women's champion. It's gonna happen. I'm 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 old now. <laughs> I don't care. Trying to make me a doggone WWE wrestling uh, champ for the longest, and I'm just like, do you not know my knee joints? Do you not? <laughs> the Rock's daughter is talking about coming into professional wrestling. Now's the time. Do you know who her daddy is? <laughs> but that's not my daddy. That <laughs> was the time. You can take she's her. She's not going to die. <laughs> she's, she's like 16. You can take her. I, I promise. What's my doggone uh, <laughs> kick going to be? I'm the asthma inhaler? Like, what am I? That's not going to work. I'm going to die in the ring. <laughs> I don't want Whoa. that for myself. <laughs> Go have me out here getting my ass whooped. Next level whooped. <laughs> by a 16-year-old. I don't already got beat up by a 9-year-old out here. Hey, well, I mean, hey, it happens. Uh-uh, I'm not trying to die for your entertainment. Okay? <laughs> we, start up a South, we can start up a South Korean wrestling organization. There might very well be one. Who knows? If it is, I will find it. I see that's the part that concerns me. <laughs> I I just found another one the other day. Oh my god. <laughs> like do you go looking for them or they just appear to you? <laughs> I was I was looking for New Japan Pro Wrestling on TV and I found Major League Wrestling. 
is actively like, seeking oh, out this stuff. <laughs> hey, it's amazing. It's theatrics. It is it's- theatrics. It's, it's wonderful. The last wrestling match I went to was with you in 2007. Oh, yeah. So, yep, that was where I was pridefully bumping John Cena's uh, <laughs> old theme song because I am a fan. <laughs> yep. I think that was when Stone Cold Steve Austin got put into the Hall of Fame. That was it. And then we were getting ready to leave, and freaking Undertaker and Kane came out, and I thought I was going to have a freaking brain aneurysm. <laughs> it was the greatest thing of all time because they were not on the schedule. Things were done. Yes. yes. Things were done, and they came back out, and I'm like, we're seeing legends. My nose is bleeding. Like, it was just, it was so great. See? Still quirky. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's never gonna go away. I also get to relish in the fact that I can talk Marvel and DC <laughs> with oh, you. Yes. Um, that's just always invigorating. I just told him just the other day that I was pissed off I didn't have a recorder on because we were talking about stuff with uh, a couple of uh, comics anyway, and I just I adore the fact that he doesn't look at me like, oh, you're a girl, you're no. not gonna know. Like, no. I love it. <laughs> I know my stuff. Yeah. I know my stuff. <laughs> it's just the way that we process things, aka you don't know nothing about yeah. this young and yeah. all of that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But that's how you know you've you transition into the other bracket of age. <laughs> yeah, it's horrifying when you start starting sentences when I was in school or when I was there. Like oh, when your music God. that you love gets played on the oldie station. <laughs> it hurts a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and in and in throwback oh, Thursdays, here's next. And you're like, oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> no. Oh, that made me recoil. Don't say that. John and I already have a, a distance apart in Asia to begin with, but like that just makes me feel Dude, even worse. I just saw an uh, unsung the other night, and the unsung was Deborah Cox. Stop yourself in 2018. No, it's not. She's not supposed to be unsung already. How did she get there? No one was supposed to be there. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, really? She's, She's unsung. unsung? Have we crossed into that yeah. space? Yeah. Wow, man. I feel I feel <laughs> some type of way. It is what it is. Well, how can listeners keep up with your artistry? Where can they find you on the internet? Let's see. I am always on the internet. Uh, I'm usually doing live chats during uh, television shows on Twitter. Uh, at Fire TV, that's F I Y A R TV. You can also find me on YouTube for my latest works uh, at Fire TV on YouTube. And if you want to see my photography, you go to Fire Unlimited, that's F I Y A R Unlimited. I'm not spelling unlimited because it's really long. During <laughs> 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 whatever new shows are popping up, I'm usually tweeting back and forth with the creators and the actors. And trying to, you know, give my opinions on creativities. It's always fun. Sure. He will call your ass out on social media, though, if your show get canceled. I mean, he gotta <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he will hunt down a director. Like, so we just not gonna get the next yeah, reason. Because like, dark matter, dude. <laughs> I'm still pissed. 
Dark Matter yeah. should not have been canceled. <laughs> we have petitions. Dark Matter should not have been canceled. They're lucky that Killjoys is coming back on the 20th. He's <laughs> about to have a, a problem. <sighs> oh, see? He's committed. <laughs> see? See? But I do love Cloak and Dagger. Can't help himself. If you haven't watched Cloak and Dagger yet, do watch that. My life Try easy. and get some rest. I'm going to consider it. It seems such a valuable thing to have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it that often these days. But yeah, working on it. <laughs> All right. I'll talk All right, to you see later. See you later, dear. Be sure to follow the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. I just found out I'm on Spotify, too. Yeah, boy. I'm available on, what, nine different sites now? Games. Until next time, remember to cover your mouth when you cough and sneeze, preferably with your arm, please. Bye, y'all. <laughs>